0: Good morning, Orchard Hill. It is good to see your faces. (laughs) And good to be joining with you two online, but celebrating this Advent season together face-to-face. There's something really special about that. So, welcome back. This morning, we are continuing in our series, Receive the King, as we journey through Advent together. A series reminding us that when we put our faith in Jesus, our King, we receive those gifts he has for us. Last week, Pastor Kathy talked about the gift of hope. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that message yet, I really want to encourage you to do that, as I really think it will uplift your spirits in this season. And today, we talk about the gift of peace that Jesus offers to all those who would put their faith in him. As I was working on this message this week, a message on peace, You'd think I'd be filled with beautiful, warm fuzzies about peace and everything that the Lord was going to do. But this was one of the most stressful messages I've ever put together. I did not feel an abundance of peace. I felt restless, peaceless, and stressful. And so I turned to the Lord. And I prayed. And as I prayed and as I processed, the Lord really put something on my heart. See, as I was forming this message, I had been focusing on all the things that try to rob us of our peace, of anxiety, of war, of broken relationships. As we talked as a staff, as we often do, before we give a message, we look at the word together and then we often share our input. And even in that time as a staff, every single staff member shared a different thing we should talk about that didn't give them peace, that robbed us of our peace. And as I wrestled with that this week, of how could we ever cover all these things that you are dealing with, that I am dealing with, that the world throws at us to take away our peace, God whispered, don't focus on the things that take your peace. Focus on the one thing that unites us and gives us peace, Jesus. So that's what we're talking about today, brothers and sisters, what this peace actually is that we talk about at Advent, that Jesus came to give us, and how we can live in the, into it in the midst of a broken world today. Have you ever lacked peace? Do me a favor, you know, engage. Have you, have you ever lacked peace? Raise your hand if you have lacked peace. Yes. Okay, most people, there's always a few of you. One day, one day we will all raise our hands and respond. But we have all lacked peace at one point or another, by definition, brothers and sisters, because we live in a broken and a fallen world that is not right with the Lord. We all know that lack of peace. And this is why we await Advent, because we need that peace. See, at one point in time, We had that peace. It was called shalom, the Hebrew word for peace. It was in the Garden of Eden. We were at peace with God. Man walked face to face with God in the garden, knew him intimately, and was in communion with him daily. Man was at peace with one another. There was no fighting. There were no broken relationships or wars. Man was at peace with creation. We were in dominion over creation, but we ruled it and did it well. And we were at peace with ourselves. Some of us crave that deeply. There was no inner turmoil. There was perfect shalom, peace. And when we say the word shalom, don't think of the word peace as the world uses it. Think of it on a much deeper, more whole, more complete level. This was the life we lived. I mean, can you imagine that? No, right? We we can't imagine that. We have never known for one moment of our lives because of what happened next. It was good until it wasn't. Until man quit listening to the true and good words of God, and they tuned their ears more carefully to the lies of the serpent. They turned their backs on the truth and the goodness of following the Lord. And they pursued the lies of the devil. And when that happened, when that sin was born, our shalom was shattered. Our peace was lost. And as a result, we were pushed out of the garden because the perfect God cannot be in the presence of sinful man. And without God, without his presence, There was no peace. This might be where some of you are today. And if this is where you are today, without peace with God, my prayer is that through this message, you can come to understand just what Christ has done for you. But I'm I'm assuming the people in this room, there are many of you who have come past this. And I want to invite you as we move through this message To not forget where you once were. To not forget that once this is where we all started. None of us were born into peace with God. This is where every single one of our stories began. Outside of the garden, broken and wishing for that peace to be restored. But God in his grace didn't leave us in that state, did he, brothers and sisters? Because before the foundations of the world... The good news tells us that God had a plan to restore that peace. And we're going to read that plan today. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of the prophet Micah. He's one of the minor prophets towards the back of the Old Testament, one we don't read from very often. If you want to, get out your phones. I really encourage you now that we're in COVID life. I don't know if it's even fair to call it a season anymore. It's so long. But now that COVID is a reality, I want to encourage you to bring your Bibles with you. This morning, we're going to be in the book of Micah, starting uh, in chapter 2, starting in verse 5. So brothers and sisters, hear the word of the Lord from the book that we love about the promised peace that was foretold. But you, Bethlehem of Rapha, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor gives birth, and the rest of his brothers will return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely. For then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. The shepherd from the clan of Judah would arise in the strength and in the might of the Lord, and he would return shalom. He would be their peace. This was foretold in the prophet Micah. This was foretold in Isaiah. This is told over and over from as early as Genesis 3. God's people are waiting for that peace as they look back at the garden and long for things to be made right again. And that is what we hear today, that promise that peace was coming. Our study on Leviticus talked a lot about that, right? As the people left the garden and waited for that peace to be restored with the coming Messiah, God provided a way for them to live at peace with the Lord. Where there has been sin, innocent blood must be shed, and so a system of sacrifices was put in place. But as we learned, that was not permanent, right? They would leave, and they would go and sin again and have to go sacrifice again, and so God's people waited for that time when the once-for-all sacrifice would return and put things to an end, bringing back shalom and finally, restore their peace. And this is what we celebrate at Advent. The words of this prophecy of Micah coming to fulfillment. Jesus, the one who would restore peace between man and God. When the angels declared his birth, a host of angels in the sky shouted these words. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is the promised one, the Messiah, whom the angels herald with good news and peace for us, humanity. The Savior was born. Praise the Lord and Merry Christmas, brothers and sisters. This is what we celebrate at Advent, the coming of our peace into the world. The Savior was born, and the Savior grew. At Advent, we don't stop. At the birth but we remember that that man of peace grew grew into a man of peace grew into a man who taught peace and grew into a man who promised peace for all who would follow him we see this promise of peace in the book of john so again i want to invite you to open your bibles and turn to john 14 we heard nate share these words earlier today but let's hear them again The Savior promising peace. John 14, starting in verse 25. Jesus has been walking with his disciples for three years, and he's about to go to the cross. And these are the words the Messiah, who would bring peace, leaves with his disciples. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. And will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And don't be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. The promised Messiah was here to bring peace. But the peace that he promises in these words, look what? They look different from the world, right? So let's get in the perspective of the world. What was the world expecting? Well, Jesus was born into a world dominated by who? The Roman Empire. Jesus was born into a period of time known as the Pax Romana. Pax Romana, or Roman peace. It was a time in the Roman Empire when they were living it to the fullest. They were in control, and every enemy that came up, they squashed. And so if you were a member of the Roman Empire, you had peace. And so what the world was expecting when they thought of peace was something that looked very like the Pax Romana. If you were in, if you were a citizen of Rome, you had that peace if you were willing to surrender your ways and bow before the Roman way, you had that peace. Until the world probably expected something that looked like the Roman peace. But peace is not the word I would use for the Pax Romana. What is marked by this period of time is not just prosperity for Rome, but terror for the world around it. Rome's way of bringing peace was going in and completely dominating and destroying another culture. They came in and they bought the allegiance of those people with the bloodshed of those people until they would relent and bow to the Roman way. And so if you were a Roman citizen, sure, you had peace. But for the rest of the world, this looked like chaos and bloodshed. One of those conquered by Rome says this, They are unique in being as violently tempted to attack the poor as the wealthy. Robbery, butchery, rape, the liars call empire. They create desolation, and they call it peace. Roman peace came at the shedding of the blood of those they wished to conquer. But Jesus says he gives differently. And so When the Israelites expected a Messiah that would overthrow the Roman Empire and conquer just as the Romans had conquered them, they were wrong. Jesus says, I give you my peace, and it's different than that of the world. If Christ had come and done that, he would have looked exactly like the Roman Empire. But we know that the Lord is different. And so what was the peace of Christ if it was different than the peace of the world? We just sang about it. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. See, Jesus left the glory of heaven, something the emperor of Rome would never do. And instead of coming and conquering by putting to death those who opposed him, he came Mildly laid the glory of heaven aside and went to the cross and laid down his life. Instead of conquering us, he gave his blood for us. This is not the peace that the world expected. This is what we celebrate at Christmas The fact that our peace was gone, and instead of coming in a way and conquering like the world expected, Jesus did the opposite. He gave of himself to his enemies, and in doing so, brought us from enemies to victors and co-heirs with him. And in doing so, restored our status with God. The perfect blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, the victorious one, shed on the cross for his enemies. So we could be covered in that blood, made cleansed and righteous before God. And have our standing with him restored. And that is true peace, brothers and sisters. That is the peace the world didn't even understand to look for. But as we look back and long for the garden, God whispered to us, I have come and I am bringing that peace. Do you know that peace today, brothers and sisters? Do you know the peace of being made right with God? If not, don't wait another day. Today is the day. And if you have accepted that peace, don't forget what that meant for you. Don't let years go by and lose the joy of your salvation. Remember what that peace meant and what you are willing to give for it. This is the peace that Christ gives us. This is the gift we get when we receive him as a victorious king. But this also begs the question for us, doesn't it? Why is there still brokenness in this world? If I have peace with God, why is there still brokenness in this world? And there is, right? Is there brokenness in your life? Yes, thank you, Rob. Yes, there's brokenness in our lives. Not one of us would sit here today, even with peace with God, and say, we have perfect peace with the world. Look at creation. Do we have perfect peace with creation? Does creation have peace with itself? Nations are in war, brother against brother. We are still not at peace. That's because of the prophecy of Micah, brothers and sisters, not quite yet, come to his absolute fulfillment. We talk about this a lot at Orchard Hill. Living in, does anybody remember what the two are called? Yes, living in the already, not yet. Our Messiah has come. Advent, we celebrate that hallelujah and Merry Christmas. And we have received peace because we have been made right with God. We no longer fear of judgment. We have no longer fear of what happens to us. We know that God has claimed us as his children. But the not yet is the fulfillment of that prophecy. We are still waiting at final completion. We are looking forward to the advent of when Christ comes again. And we know when he does, he will bring back that perfect shalom for all things. And we await that day. So how do we live in peace while we await that day? with those broken things that we carry. I know we are all carrying them today. How do we live in peace? Yes, we have been made right with God, but there are those of us around us who haven't been, those we love who haven't been. There are still broken things in our lives, things we want to change. You say, peace? How can I have peace? Look back with me at verse 25 of John 14. All this I have spoken while still with you, Jesus said, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The full fulfillment of the prophecy may not be here yet, but there is one thing that is God with us, Emmanuel. Yes, there is still brokenness in this world, painful, painful. Brokenness. I look on your faces and I know some of your stories of pain, some of the peace you are fighting for right now, but you don't fight alone. Emmanuel, God with us, means God, Holy, God's Holy Spirit is in those of us who have received him as king, and that is how we can say have peace. Too long, brothers and sisters, we have looked out in the world for peace. As God's people even, we have forgotten, and we have looked for things, maybe if I can just get more money, maybe if I just get a better job, maybe if this relationship gets fixed. And yes, those might be healing, but it's only going to come through the power of the Holy Spirit. Too long we have looked outside of what God has already given us for peace. It reminded me a lot of my grandma and grandpa, my grandma Olivia and my grandpa Don. I don't know if you have someone like this in your life. Um, they need readers when they read something. Anybody need readers? Some people call them cheaters, classes to read, Yeah. I've never understood the, the cheaters thing, but whatever. Um, they have those glasses, and so they were just in piles all over the house. Everywhere you turned, I see some smiling faces, you know. Everywhere you turned, these glasses were there, and they were always in the way until the one moment it came where grandma or grandpa needed them, and then they were nowhere to be found. And Grandma would get up and go off on her search all over the house. Don, have you seen my glasses? Where are my glasses? I just had them here. Are they in the car or in the bathroom? Where did I leave those glasses? They looked everywhere. But nine times out of ten, you know where the glasses were, right? They were right here. Or hanging from one of those fancy chains around their neck, right? They tore that house apart. And if you don't know someone like this, it's probably you. You tore the house apart looking for the thousands of glasses you had, and all the time you had it with you. Peace, peace, where is my peace? You have received the gift of Jesus as king. You have that peace living inside of you. You have the gift of God's spirit. The same power that rose Christ from the grave lives inside of you. Turn to that power in your time of need. Money isn't going to fix it. Relationships aren't going to fix it. But God with us, Emmanuel, that is what changes the game, brothers and sisters. Listen to these verses from the book of Romans. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can stand against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who can bring any a charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies, and we are justified, brothers and sisters. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers nor heights nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the promise when we have God with us. This is the peace that we have, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And whatever circumstance that comes, this side of the full fulfillment of the promise, we can handle because Christ himself abides in us. Stop looking outside of yourself because you have Christ in you. And so this morning, brothers and sisters, I want to leave you with this question. Where are you looking for your peace? Maybe like Adam and Eve, you've tuned tuned yourself into the voice of the devil a little bit louder than you have to the voice of the Lord, to the voice of the world louder than the voice of Christ. Maybe like me, as I was preparing this message, you are spending too much time focusing on the things that take peace rather than the only one who can give it. My challenge for you this morning, seek him who is inside of you for your peace. Both peace for today and whatever you face in this world, and peace knowing you have been made right with God. And that is truly all we need and what we celebrate at Advent. Brothers and sisters, in Ephesians 6, we are told in the armor of God, Put on the shoes fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I don't know what's going to come your way. Clearly, we weren't expecting this year. I don't know what else is going to come our way or your way in the next weeks, months, or seasons. But when you have received that gift, put on your shoes fitted with the gospel of peace, and you can walk no matter what comes ahead, step by step, Rooted in the peace of Christ, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Lord God, we come to you this morning as the only Author of our peace. We come to beg you, God, that as we live in this broken world, we would do so remembering that we have no mere spirit inside of us, but the spirit of the risen God. Would you? teach us to trust that Spirit's power? Would you teach us to expect that you will do something? Would you teach us to look for our peace, not outside in the world, but in the Spirit that resides within us, the Spirit of God? In this Christmas, this Advent season, let us look to you alone to be our peace, as you promised so long ago, and as you continue to whisper to us today. Tune our ears to hear your voice, to cling to that promise, and let us fit our feet each day with your gospel of peace as you enable us to put one foot in front of the other. And God, as we turn our ears to worship you now, would you just speak to us in this time as Barb sings? Would you teach us what we need to lay down that is robbing us of our peace? Help us to hear your voice clearly through the noise, to trust in you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. amen.